Happy New Year, 2016. Can't believe it. Uh, we're going to go to 1 John chapter 3, verse 19. And so I just want to welcome everyone. How are we doing this morning? Good? Okay, I, love the, I love the participation. Thank you. Uh, if you're new here, um, don't worry. We'll, we'll put the verses on the, um, behind me. So if you don't have a Bible, uh, you'll have the verses right behind me. But I just want to welcome you. And so we're going to go to 1 John chapter 3, uh, verse uh, 19, um, because today I, I want to talk about our hearts, the relationship with our hearts and, and our soul. And so John writes, if you know who John is, he, he had this extraordinary relationship with Jesus. He was one of Jesus' best friends. And when he writes this, he's a lot older now, so this is Grandpa John writing this. And he says this, he says, by this we shall know that we are of the truth. And then he says, and we are sure of our hearts before him. Our hearts are before God. And then he says this very profound statement, this very profound thing in the scriptures that I think it's amazing. He says, for whenever our hearts condemn us, for whenever our hearts condemn us, and it will, and it has, it says God is greater than our hearts, and he knows everything. I want to title this talk this morning, God is Greater Than Our Hearts. If there's any, like, that's like the phrase, I just want us to put our thoughts around. Just, just, uh, I know we're going to talk about some other references and scriptures, but let's just put our hearts around that God is greater than our hearts. Would you join me in a word of prayer before we get started? Uh, Heavenly Father, we just want to thank you. And I pray right now at these moments, uh, we dedicate these minutes to you, Father. As we look upon your word, that we embrace you, that we, we encounter you, God. Lord, we admit that we need help. We need you in our lives. There's no way we can function on this earth without you. And so I just pray that we, we experience you this morning. We experience you, your, your love, your, your grace, and your goodness. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever um, had a least favorite job? Anyone have a least favorite job out there? Okay, a few of you guys. Least favorite job. I worked a, a number of different jobs, especially when I was in college. If you knew me when I was in college, I would work like two to three different jobs. And so kind of the list of few, I, I had a job working at a retirement home where I was a, a waiter. I, I was a waiter in Pasadena at, at this place called Mi Piazzi's. I was a waiter in, in, in Olive Garden. I, I, w- I worked at 24-Hour Fitness. I worked at a newspaper route. I worked at, as a security guard. I worked as a maid. No joke. The, the, the place is called Made to Order. That, like, lasted, like, two months, you know. <laughs> but none of those were my least favorite jobs. I, I had a job. I was working at Olive Garden at the time, going to school full-time. And uh, one of the employees said, hey, I know you're looking for another job. Uh, why don't you apply for Disneyland? I was like, yeah, why don't I apply for Disneyland, you know? I mean, how hard can it be? And, and so uh, I remember I went to this interview, and, and I applied for it. And I said, look, you know, I have school full time. I have another job. Uh, I can only work graveyard, so give me what you got, which was a big mistake. I, I wish I would have said, you know, I'll work security. I've done security before. And so they, they offered me a position to do custodial work. For Disneyland. Actually, it was for California Adventure, if you know California Adventure, which is like adjacent to it. 
And so I took the position. I was like, you know, it's a job. I need to be grateful. This is like the happiest place on earth, right? <laughs> and so um, I, 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 was, I was like, how hard can this be? And so I worked five days, and, and I most definitely had to work the weekends. And so while you were, were leaving, I was walking in to, to this park. And it was about 30 of us. Um, and if you know, like, Disneyland or California Adventure, it's 75 acres. That, that's 3,267 square feet that we had to clean up. I mean, it's a lot. And, and so you know, I, I remember, I mean, how can I say this? You guys are just messy. <laughs> you just messy. This wasn't, like, the happiest place on earth. And so I remember I'm working, and um, when, I, when I first started, I was like, hey, this is going to be great. I'm going to have a great time. You know, it's a job. I, I'm going to make the most of it. And I don't know if you've ever experienced this before, but after a, a, a number of months working there, like I'm coming to work, and I'm starting to like begrudging people as they're like walking out. I'm like having an attitude. I'm like, oh, my gosh, this could be a nightmare. <laughs> like there's a line for the bathroom. Like I have to clean that up. Like, this is going to take forever. You know, I, we started at 11 p.m. I got there at 10.30 and, and stayed till 7 a.m. And I just felt like 3 million, like, square feet of this cleaning. And before, the next day later, it's going to be all trashed again. I don't know if you ever feel like that, even as a parent, you know, if you have little ones. Clean up your house. Like, you're like it's like 30 minutes of sanity, and then, like, it's, it's just trashed all over again. I mean, it's life, Right? And, and so I started thinking about this scripture. And boy, this scripture really talks to us, those who, who feel like giving up. Because what's the antidote? You know, what's the prescription when you feel like, like just giving up? My, 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 my job as a custodian is a pretty good metaphor for our spiritual journey. Because if, if and this is what I mean, if you ever feel like, you know, it's 2016, or you've said, you know, it's 2014, it's 2015, you know, I'm really going to make a step forward. You know, I'm really going to commit myself. I'm really going really to really follow Jesus this year. I'm really going to be the person that, that I know I can be or be the person that God wants me to be. You know, I'm really going to be disciplined and, and, and work on being holy and, and, and righteous and, and, and moral and pure. I, I'm really going to lean into this space and commit myself to, to being more committed to church. I, I'm, I'm going to actually underline my Bible verses. You know? You feel like you put all this hard work in and you put three million square feet of your soul and your heart and your spirit. And you're like, man, this is going great. Everything's going incredible. I'm being the person I want to be. And, and one day, in one bad decision, three million square feet is trashed all over again. I never forget, I, I was walking in in the weekends at, at Disneyland, and, and, and people were walking out all happy and jolly. And, and I remember just standing there in the park, and I'm like, oh, my gosh. Like, it was like we had a, a team in different sections. We, it was about four of us with our, like, Ghostbuster backpack vacuums, you know? I'm like, oh, my gosh. Like, this is going to take forever. Like, where, where's the, like, the Cinderella magic? You know, can the mice help, you know? Can they help me out here? Like, get me out of here. I remember this feeling, like, this, this overwhelmed feeling, like, there's so much stuff. And, I mean, cleaning, it's just going to get messy, have you ever felt that way about your life? 
you know, I, I put so much work into this. I'm going to really put a lot of effort. And then you, you come to the all uh, point, important conclusion that it's pointless. It's useless. I don't know if I can keep doing this, kept attempting to be spiritual and, and holy. It feels like I'm taking two steps forward and, and, and eventually I'm just going three steps backwards. You know, you know there's people this morning who decided not to come to church this morning because their spirit and their, and their heart is telling them, what's the use? You know? It's not for you. It's for, it's for others, but it's not for you. You're not as spiritual as that person. You're not as spiritual as her or him. Stay in bed. You know? It's a New Year's Eve weekend. You don't need to get up. You know, this morning... I'm not talking about necessarily giving up on your job or a certain routine. I'm talking about giving up spiritually. Like you just feel like it's, or maybe some of you just feel like I've already given up spiritually. I'm, I'm, I'm done. I'm just done with this. Now it's an interesting time of year because it's, it's an emotional time of year, Right? Christmas just passed, and Christmas is, a, is an emotional time of year. The new year can be most definitely an emotional time of year. And, and you know, I, I, and I was thinking about this scripture in this verse, and I just really felt like just talking to us about some of us who just feel like we're just way beyond spiritually. Some of us just feel like it's way too late. I'm just way too far gone. I just feel like giving up. I just can't keep living like this. I feel like I'm a fake. I feel like I'm a hypocrite. You know, if only they knew what I did last night. And I'm here at church. Like, what am I doing here? Have you ever felt like that? If you haven't, you will. I mean, how how encouraging is that, you know? (laughs) God bless. Happy New Year. But it's reality. You will. I mean, sometimes you feel like it, you know, it's just so hard. Have you ever felt like, I'm just, I'm just done, just, I'm just done being me. I've tried so hard, I just feel like it's pointless again. I have all these challenges and all these difficulties and all these struggles and I just feel like I'm just falling flat on my face and I don't know if I can get back up again. Now, can I, can I ask you a important question? Why, why would you get up next time? Maybe you're down right now. Why are you going to get up again? You know, I, 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 I consider myself a fairly young person. I mean, I don't understand too much of this world. I'm 37 and I've been married for six years and I have a, a, a child that we adopted. But, but I have seen one thing on the face of this earth is that people on this planet who tend to do better or do well know how to get back up. They just get up. I mean, we all fall one way or another, but people who do well on this planet just know to, to get back up, even when others wish that they're staying down. I mean, do you want to get up? I mean, think about that. And why? And of course, this is what John is talking about. He, he says, for, for whenever our hearts condemn us. I mean, that just sums it up. You know, 
Did you know your heart can condemn you? Whenever and forever, you know, whenever it can. I mean, all of a sudden you feel like you're just, you're, you're, you're clicking in all cylinders and you're, you're crossing all your T's and dotting all your I's and, and all of a sudden here comes your heart. You know what's interesting about the heart? It, it, it's the nearest and, and dearest, you know, voice of your being. Something that we're all familiar with. I mean, I used to think like, man, why do people talk to themselves? And it's like, welcome to the club. You know, subconsciously we all talk to ourselves. I mean, we start faltering, and then you feel like I'm just walking on the wrong path, and, and then here comes your heart to start telling you things, and you start getting discouraged, and who you really are, it says, whenever your heart condemns us, it says, God is greater than our hearts. You know, it's interesting, John feels that he, he inspired by the Holy Spirit to write this, to clearly point out that, that God is greater than our hearts. Why? You know why? Because our, our, oftentimes our heart, it feels like the most powerful thing on the universe. And our heart would love to tell us that no one and, and anybody, it, it, you know, that I'm right and no one else is right. No one's greater than me. I mean, I, I'm your heart and I'll tell you the truth. That's what our hearts tell us. You need to listen to me. I mean, what, what is the heart? I mean, it's a tough definition, but what's the heart? For our sake of conversation, think about this. That the heart, let's say the, the heart is the mind, the will, and the emotion. That's the heart. The, the, the mind, the, the will, and the emotions. You think of, you think of your mind. Your, your, your mind wants you to think that you're the most powerful thing on the universe. I mean, what's more powerful than your thoughts? You ever have those random thoughts? You're like, oh my gosh, where did that come from? Like, I'm just glad I don't have like a message board on my forehead, you know? And, and you have like, suddenly you have one thought and it leads to another thought and, and then it leads to another thought and then you're like, maybe God doesn't love me. Maybe this is not right for me. I, I don't know. And, and all of a sudden your, your heart starts condemning you and you feel like you're not legit. Or, or what about your will? What about your will? Your, your heart is your will. It's the deceit of your decisions. You ever felt like, hey, I mean, there's no way I'm a follower of Jesus because of the succession of my decisions. Because my decisions is truth and, and my decisions are, are reality. And that's what they are. And so I, I, I went there, I did that, and, and I made that error. And so it just is what it is. It's a fact. It's my decisions. And your heart says, yeah, that's right. It's true. You know? It's more, it's more real than anything in this book right here. It's more real than anything in church. It's more real than what Jesus believes. And so your decisions is your decisions. It defines who you are and, and, and where you're going. And so you just need to accept the fact that you don't want to be fake and you want to be real. And, that, and your, your heart's just like playing tricks. And you're like, yeah, yeah, it's true. Or let's take it a step further. What about your, your emotions? I mean, come on, it's 2015 or 2016, right? What's more real than how I you feel? I mean, who's God? My feelings. You ever have people like that? That's how I feel. I'm just being real. That's how I feel. 
I was, I was having a conversation with someone for about a good hour and a half, and the whole conversation, his whole issues with God was just that, I don't feel him, Anthony. I just don't feel him. I don't, I don't feel God. I was like, well, that would be the most of us, you know. A lot of us actually sometimes don't feel the God. And whatever you feel or what don't you feel, what is that? Well, well, that's truth. That's truth. And so I, I don't want to, you know, this is how I feel. And so if I feel this, this is truth. It's like, okay. <laughs> like, whoa, like, if, if, if I based everything on my feelings, if, if God was my feelings, like, I, I would, my God would be so fickled because I'm so emotionally unstable. I love this quote by Martin Luther. It says, feelings come and go, and feelings are deceiving. My warrant is the word of God. None else is worth believing. What a quote, right? It's amazing. God is greater than your heart. We, we, we live in such a funny culture. You ever, you ever heard this saying right here? Follow your heart. <laughs> this is probably like the worst advice given like in human history, right? Follow your heart. We, we don't even know what this means. I mean, the translation means follow your feelings, which is probably like the worst blueprint of like advice on the existence on this earth. Follow your feelings. Follow your, your, your heart. I mean, can I go to the record to say, I don't even know what my heart is. I mean, I don't even know my heart. I mean, didn't the, the prophet Jeremiah say this? He said that, that the heart is deceitful of all things. It's, it's beyond cure. I mean, who, who can understand it? I mean, how can we understand our heart? A lot of times we don't. And so this is what John, he, he, he sets the record straight and he says that, that God is greater than our hearts. Thank God for that, right? God is greater than my, my foolish thoughts, my foolish emotions, my, 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 my fickle feelings. He's greater, he's bigger, he, he's, he, he's beyond. He's, his heart is before me. I mean, isn't this amazing? So you're telling me, Anthony, that God's thoughts about me are more powerful than my thoughts about me? Exactly. He says this in Psalms. He says, how precious to me are your thoughts, O God. How vast is the sum of them. If I would just count them, they would be more than, than the sand. And this is just a, a poetic way of saying that that God thinks about you more than you think about you. And his thoughts about you are, are flawless and perfect. And I would even say that, you know, God's thoughts about you, you know, you trump your thoughts about you. He trumps your fickle thoughts about you. Isn't that amazing? And we, we can be the person, we, we, you know, that we want to be because of the way God thinks about us. You know, I remember when, um, when I became a Christian, um, someone encouraged me, actually different people in my life encouraged me to, to read this book. And, and, it, and it's interesting because I started to understand what it meant. 
It meant that I, I was reading thoughts about God, that God, he was bringing thoughts about, about God that was about me, how God thinks about me. And God's thoughts about me will start to transform you. When you read about God's thoughts, you start making righteous decisions. It's amazing because his thoughts are internal. His thoughts are, you know, flawless. And they come to these like broken thoughts and, you know, fractured thoughts. And, and it helps me to become a different person. And this book is not just for, you know, principles and life. I come to this book because I want to hear thoughts about God because my, my thoughts are at times emotional and they're unstable. I understand that God's decisions are greater than my decisions. God's heart is greater than my heart. Do you believe that? I mean, this is why I get up when I'm down. At times where my, my, my heart wants me to stay down. It's to remind myself that God is greater than my heart. And then he says this, he says, comma, and, and he knows everything. Which is better translated to saying that God knows you better than you know yourself. I mean, isn't that amazing? Like, we can get up again. Why? Because God is greater than our hearts, and, and, and don't, don't, you're taking things sometimes too ser- seriously, and you get so emotional, and you don't even know yourself, but God does. He knows you. And you can get back up. I love this verse right here. It's in Proverbs 24. It says, though the righteous have fallen seven times, and he will rise again. Though the righteous fall seven times. This word seven is very significant in the biblical narrative. You know, the, words, the number seven is, is, is a term of completion, of perfection. And so it's saying, though the, the righteous fall seven times, mean that he's completely fallen. I mean like just fallen really bad. It's more than just like a, a, a thumbnail or something. It's like a spiritual fracture. It's as though the righteous have fallen seven times. He, he will rise again. Key word I love right here is the word righteous. Though the righteous, the righteous completely fall he will rise again. And the word righteous is so important because it speaks of, of Jesus and what he's done on the cross. In 2 Corinthians, it says this. It says, for our sake he made him to be sin who know no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God and Jesus Christ. I mean, the gospel is simple. It's became and become. He became sin so that we become righteous. And he, he took the rightful place of, of, of judgment and, and, and death and separation, the isolation of God, so that we can be, you know, connected to God, so that we can be made right with God. I'm righteous. I'm righteous because of the cross. It's not based on my, my resume or my performance, but it's based on his resume. And his performance, I'm not made right because of my deeds. It's the sheer 
gift is me accepting it by faith. So though the righteous completely fall, they will rise again. I'm not righteous because of what I've done last week or one bad decision or, or, or one good decision. I'm made righteous because 2,000 years ago, a flawless God came to this earth and took the sins of humanity so that I can be whole and, and I can be made right before my creator, before my God. And so I'm going to rise up again. And I'm going to get up again because I'm still righteous. You guys with me? Gives us a permanent permission to get up. Doesn't matter what we've done. I'll end it with this verse right here. It's John. It's John speaking again. And he's quoting Jesus. And this is what Jesus says. He says, my father who has given them to me. Talking about us as Christians. He says, he says my father is greater than them all. I mean, kind of looks like First John 3, right? You know, God is greater than our hearts, but he says he even takes a step higher. He says he's greater than them all. And I love this. He says right here, he says, and no one is able to snatch them out of the Father's hand. No one is able to snatch them from the Father's hand. God has put his hand on my life, and he won't let go. No one's going to be able to snatch me. And I can get back up because God is greater than my heart. He's greater than my emotions. He's greater than my fickle uh, thinking, my, my decisions. I have approval because God's hand is on my life. Isn't that amazing? Hey, man, we can get down sometimes, right? I'm just here to remind us that we have a license to get up again. We have a license in heaven to get back up. It doesn't matter what anybody tells you. You can get back up because we are righteous because of a cross. I mean, imagine this. What if, what if, if, what if we were the, the, the church where the, the city and the community could come here and say, man, those people know how to get back up. Those people... There, there, you can have a second chance there. Those people surround you and you can get back so fast on your feet. You can be someone who can, who can get back up. I mean, I, I think that's what's near and dear to Jesus' heart, right? And so before we take communion, I just want to leave you with this. God is greater than your heart. I've said this over and over and over again, and I just want us to steal that to our thoughts and our heart and our spirits. I, I, I know there's some people right now that aren't doing good spiritually. I'm not going to elaborate, but I'm just, you need to get up. You've been down way too long. You've been lying on, relying on your thoughts, your emotions, and your decisions. You don't realize that God is greater than your heart. I want to encourage you, get back up. And there's some of us right now, maybe are doing well. well. We're, we're like, you know, clicking in all cylinders and we're having a great walk with God and yet we know people who are down. We're doing nothing. I want to encourage you, 
to, 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 to help pick someone up. Tell them, you know, God loves you, I love you, you're not going to give up. Well, you don't know what I did. I, I don't care. Well, I need to repent. I don't care. You need to get up. You need to, st- you, don't give up. Don't give up. You can get back up. Imagine if, like, people are, like, talking about Lighthouse, you know. Man, those people get, they can, they can get, this is scary. Those guys can get back up. You know, they're telling people that they're righteous. And that's crazy. And so I just want to encourage us as we take communion to understand that the reason that we can be righteous before God is because what Jesus has done on the cross. Amen? Amen? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, let's come before you and I just want to apologize for even... For myself, I know there's times my, my thoughts seem like they're greater than yours. I'm so foolish at times. And I just pray that I, I can just experience you and know that you're so much greater than me. My decisions, my emotions, and just even how I feel. Help me to embrace you and, you, and what you've done for me and the life that we have pray even this year for 2016, help us to just to seek you, to get back up. Help us to just not be down. Thank you so much for the cross. Please forgive us for anything that we is holding in our hearts. Pray right now even for some of us that, that we have the courage to talk to someone if we're feeling down. Please give us the courage to, to be open and to just be honest because you want us to be right with you. We love you. We thank you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.